An entitled Karen tries to lie on her resume during an interview, stating that she should have my job, while also lying about all of her work experience at a previous company I worked at. So I decided to get some revenge by exposing her for the liar that she really is. And I've never been more satisfied to put someone in their place in my life. Here's what happened. So I'm one of the heads of sales and marketing for a major property developer with 10 years of experience in the industry. Several of those were spent at a large competitor's company. We'll call them Money Homes. That's not their actual name. They're considered the epitome of luxury due to the high price tag. And this will be important later on. My team covers all of the capital and a very large portion of the country. Now, since we have only recently opened up, we are launching new developments for which we don't have enough staff for. So today was going to be an interview day. Normally, for those kinds of positions, the person would be interviewed by the sales manager for that particular development, as well as the sales coordinator and sometimes one of the sales directors. Since it is a bit of a track for the sales director to come in for the interview, Human Resources asked me to step in as new employees will be reporting to me anyways. So fast forward and we have eight applicants waiting to be seen. The first few interviews go really well, but nothing super special. But that is until we meet interviewee number four. We'll call this person Sarah. Sarah is not her real name. Before she comes into the room, she's sitting in the waiting area with other applicants and I can hear her go on and on about how she pretty much has the job in the bag simply because she's overly qualified and the other guys are wasting their time, which is honestly a huge first mistake. Then I can see her shuffling through papers at the administration desk, which was left unattended, which is also a second mistake. She still doesn't realize that her office is behind a Venetian mirror. I can see her and she cannot see me. She hears the admin come back in and scurries away back to the seat. It's now her turn for the interview. She comes in, hands me a copy of her resume and sits down down opposite of myself and two other members of my team. I look at her resume with a slight half smile, which I think she took as a good sign. So she goes off talking about her major accomplishments at different employers. She tells us that she's actually more interested in being hired for another position at our company, which she reassured me by saying that she's more qualified than our current employee. She then starts spewing out figures of our marketing campaigns, which have not even yet been published, and advises me on the results we should expect. And what our next move in terms of marketing should be. I advise her that the only positions currently open are for the sales staff, but because I was curious, I asked her which job she specifically was interested in. She mentions, and I'm not kidding when I say this, that she wants to be the sales and marketing director. She literally wants my job. And when she said this, I was honestly blown away. My coworkers both look at me in waiting, so I decide to just play along. I've asked her what makes her more qualified than our current director. She comes back back to the marketing figure points and ask me outright, I mean, how many applicants are able to predict to a certainty what results you'll achieve? And then she leads into a major point on her resume. She mentions the company Money Homes, the one I spent a lot of time at. So I started asking a little more about her position there. What was her area of responsibility? How long she was working there, etc. She starts off telling this long rehearsed story of how she started there as a negotiator a few years back and worked her way up to associate director and how she eventually became sales and marketing director, but is looking to leave. So discretion is of the utmost importance. At that point, I couldn't hold it in anymore. I really wanted to let her carry on, but I just burst out laughing and I asked her to leave. She just gets very confused and starts asking what she said that had offended me. With the biggest grin on my face, I then said to her, it's one thing hearing you talk down to other applicants when you're supposedly looking for upper management positions or even watch you steal confidential 
information from the administration desk. And as I said that, I was pulling the two pages out of her hand, which were literally our marketing reports. I then said, and now you're telling me and my colleagues that you can do my job better than me by lying to me about your experience? When I said this, she gets offended and starts going off on me that I know nothing about her and she did not lie about her experience. And how would I know about that anyways? I look at her and I say, ma'am, the reason I know you're lying is because I was the sales and marketing director at Money Homes. And this was specifically during the years you've described. And not only do I know that you were not in a management position, I know that you were not even part of that department. The department was made up of 42 employees, all of which I knew by name. I recommend that if you did actually work there, you contact your director as I will be filing a grievance against you for stealing confidential documents from their main competitor. When I said this, her face went incredibly pale. She turns on her heels, rips her resume out of my colleague's hands, and runs out of the door. And honestly, I can't wait to see if I'll be hearing from her or Money Homes anytime soon. Wow, that is honestly a crazy story, and the payback in this situation is so well-deserved. This lady really had the audacity to seriously start criticizing the other applicants, but also go about stealing confidential information. Like, she straight up stole stuff off that desk and thought she was being slick by bringing it into the interview. Not even to mention the fact that she lied on her resume and basically insulted the person right in front of her that she would be working for. I mean, she practically hit bingo on all the things she shouldn't have done. So good for the original poster for standing their ground and putting this weird applicant in their place. They were very clearly lying on their resume and their actions and lies were absolutely inappropriate. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Also, go to amithejerk.com slash submit if you would like to submit your own stories. I broke up with my ex-girlfriend a year ago, and now, after reflecting on it, I seriously regret it. And at this point, I really don't know what to do. So it's been about a year since I ended a five-year relationship with my ex-girlfriend. Reflecting back, we did share a good relationship, but at the time, I needed more from her, while she seemed hesitant to move forward. Now, a year later, I've come to realize what I lost. She was the kindest person I knew. She had a shoebox of medical supplies in her car boot in case she ever came across an injured animal. She was also so brave. One time, we were on a date, and she got involved when a man was pestering a girl. She ended up bringing the girl over to our table, and I didn't even notice there was a problem, and honestly thought my girlfriend was being dramatic until I heard the other girl's side of the story. But she was always so observant with other people's feelings. She was generous, always turning up to visit with something that reminded her of me. I honestly could sit here for hours writing about her, and yet when she was mine, all I was fixated on was her shortcomings, which in hindsight weren't really that bad at all. Our relationship ending was due to a conflict over her job. She had a care job that she loved, but it was really low paying. My father's company offered her a much higher paying job that required no qualifications, and I couldn't understand why she wouldn't take it. At the time, this infuriated me. How could you not want an opportunity like this? I mean, I didn't stop. My dad and sister even got involved at a family dinner, and my sister took it too far and said her job was one of the lowest paying jobs someone could have, and she should aspire for more like I do. Even bringing up her ex, who she said was broke, and how ending it with him made her life so much better. My parents agreed with this, and the tension was crazy. My girlfriend was distraught, yet I felt happy. I felt justified that my family agreed with me, and maybe she would finally see sense. This argument happened, and I was so angry with her. I wanted us to buy a big house, and in my head, her saying, 
saying no to the job meant that we couldn't do that. I made a regrettable decision during that holiday. I ended up spending some quality time with a girl I met on a night out. My girlfriend discovered this a month later, and I chose that moment to end things with my girlfriend. I handled it poorly, acting distant and very cold, believing it would be better to cut it off quickly than to drag it out. She made a final drunken call a couple of months later, but I ignored them. Again, thinking it was better to cut ties rather than giving false hope. In retrospect, I find myself feeling like a stereotypical villain in a movie. I am not innocent in this matter, sure. I was influenced by my family's opinions about ambition and compatibility, but I willingly agreed. Now with a clearer perspective, I see my sister's supposedly glamorous life built on wealth isn't necessarily fulfilling. Sure, she has money, but she seems miserable. My ex was ambitious, but not ambitious enough to be a millionaire. She wanted a family. She used to say that she wants a house just so she can host family at Christmas. Meanwhile, my family wants a bigger house just to impress people. How could I be so blind? I'm now dating a girl who makes about $70,000 a year. My family would love her, but now I'm taking this as a bad sign. She would probably be sick if she came across an injured animal. She would probably be annoyed by a girl coming over to our table on a date. She hasn't offered to pay for one thing on a date. And yet my ex-girlfriend, who makes so much less than her, would always offer to pay. She was just born into a rich family, and somehow that is all it takes for her to be an upgrade. I wonder now if this experience is a lesson I needed to learn. Am I going to end up miserable in a big house with a wife that has aspirations similar to my sister? While my ex is probably going to find someone who didn't need to learn this lesson, I'm not seeking sympathy. I'm simply venting my thoughts. I know I'm a bad person in this. Is it too late to fix things? We broke up in November. And the thing is, I know that she's kind. And she would always talk to me if I tried. But I don't want to take advantage of that. Getting back with me would mean dealing with my family. I'd also be embarrassed that I spent the year pretending I'm so much better off. What should I do? Honestly, you need to leave your ex-girlfriend alone. You do not sound like a good boyfriend. And you don't sound like somebody who is mature enough to be in a relationship. Like, you didn't break up with her because your family didn't like her. You broke up with her because she caught you cheating. Like she had every right to think that she could trust you, but you threw that out the window when you went out one night and just met a girl. Like seriously, that's not okay. You threw away five years of a relationship just to have a one night stand. And in my opinion, your ex-girlfriend deserves so much better than you. Like if you really think about it, this original poster is seriously trying to justify cheating on their ex. He's also basically treating his partners as accepted accessories or status boosters. Like you really seem like you only care about money in this situation. So honestly, you're a jerk and you really need to leave your ex-girlfriend alone. She's a lot better off being away from you and the way you acted is completely and utterly atrocious. And she deserves so much better than anything you could give her. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, 
and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Today, I'm pretty sure I just ruined a future wedding after I had a weird encounter with a man and a woman in my shop. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. So to start things out, I used to work retail at a year-round costume store, and we would definitely get some pretty interesting customers. I was closing on a random Friday night, and about an hour before we were going to close, a regular customer walks in with a guy. I happen to know from past experience experience that this customer was a lady of the night. The guy came in with this huge black duffel bag. The store was a mom and pop shop and had a very strict policy about not carrying large bags or purses around the store. And this is all just to help curb shoplifting. I asked the guy to either take it back out to his car or leave it up front with me. Now he was kind of squirrely, but after some back and forth, he finally agreed to leave the bag up front, but told me that he had a lockbox inside of it with some loose diamonds. He didn't want to leave it unattended. He pulled out the lockbox to show me, and since it was small and would be cumbersome to get into, I told him it was fine to carry it around the store with him. I then found out from the woman that they were going to be driving out of town to get married. They were stopping by the store so that he could buy her a wedding dress. We didn't sell wedding dresses, but I did tell them that we have some really cool corseted dresses if she wanted to take a look at those. She went to do that while the guy wandered around with his lockbox in hand. He was constantly going on to me and other employees about how rich he was. He also told us in addition of being a diamond dealer, he was also an astrologist that worked for NASA. After trying on a few dresses, she finally found one that she liked and brought it up to be checked out. The dress rang up to about $180. When the dude saw the price, he completely lost it and an argument suddenly ensued. After about 10 minutes of arguing with him, she decided to go back and get a different dress. But she reminded him that they also needed a ring and that he should 
pick up something from the costume jewelry while she found a new dress. I showed him some of the rings and he ended up picking out one, but when I told him it was $12, he asked me to show him something cheaper and he eventually settled on a $2 ring. I told everyone to go ahead and start on their closing duties while these two finished up shopping. About 20 minutes after closing, she finally came up with a $40 vintage style dress. After a little more arguing, he finally agreed to pay for the dress. However, she also wanted a pair of shoes and flatly refused to leave without them. She was wearing a ratty pair of canvas tennis shoes and he kept insisting that they would look great with a dress and that she didn't need shoes. They continued to argue and by that point, we were coming up on almost half an hour after closing. My co-workers and I were supposed to be clocking out and I still needed to close the drawer. Sick of listening to them arguing and wanting to make staying open later as worthwhile as I could, I told the guy that since he had a case full of diamonds, surely he can afford to pay for the shoes. The guy then got angry, grabbed his bag and stormed out. She ran out after him, dragged him back into the store to pay for the dress and ring. She then had to buy the shoes herself. I then wished her the best of luck and they were on their way. After they were gone, I locked up and finished closing. About 15 minutes later when I was leaving, I noticed that they were still arguing in the parking lot. And I'm pretty sure at this point that that wedding absolutely didn't happen. That is a really strange way of planning for a wedding. First off, this guy's crazy. There's probably no diamonds in that lockbox, and I can guarantee you he doesn't work for NASA. Like, that's just insane. I mean, these people are shopping at a costume shop just to get a wedding dress and a ring. Like, are they getting married in Vegas or something like that? Like, what is happening? I mean, the guy was bragging about being this rich guy with all these diamonds, and yet when presented with a $12 wedding ring, he's like, oh no, let's go with a $2 wedding ring instead. Like, this guy's clearly delusional. So, I personally don't think that wedding's happening either, to be completely honest. I don't think these two are a good match for one another, and the potential husband in this situation is just straight up lying. My manager didn't believe me when I told them I had laryngitis and forced me to come in and work with children at the after-school program that I run. So I decide to maliciously comply, and I show up to work with a mask on and surgical gloves. Here's what happened. So I want to start off by saying that this happened almost a year ago. I don't work there anymore, so I honestly feel pretty safe posting this. I used to earn some pocket money as a tutor, working with kids in an after-school program. Last fall, I got the flu. I was coughing, hacking up a lung. I was sneezing and had a fever. I was definitely sick and definitely contagious. The problem was I had also developed laryngitis, meaning that I couldn't call off work because I couldn't speak. I texted and emailed my boss at 9 o'clock in the morning just to let him know what's going on. My shift, by the way, started at 4 p.m. Four hours later at 1 p.m., they replied by saying, Sorry, we can't find someone to take over for you. I guess you'll just have to come in then. I sat there panicking because I didn't want to get any of the kids sick and I didn't want to make myself worse by working with kids. I begged them to reconsider, but no dice. I texted co-worker seeing if someone would trade shifts, but I had no such luck. Then I remembered an interesting policy. Tutors were required to be there 20 minutes before their first student arrived so they could get the area ready with needed materials, read over notes from previous sessions, set up their table with school supplies, etc. I also remembered I was the first person scheduled, meaning that when I got there, I would be the only person there besides administration. I purposefully didn't take any medicine for the rest of the day. My symptoms went from annoying to very bad. I was hacking. My eyes looked glassy. I was extremely pale. Everything was going wrong. I put on several masks and I changed my clothing and put on two layers of surgical gloves. There's no reasons to get the kids sick, even though they're probably the ones to give 
give it to me in the first place. Then I walked into the administration's office sounding like I had the plague. A perfectly timed sneeze and coughing fit hit me just as I approached the door. Her office was quite long, so I never got within 10 feet of her. She still looked panicked as I croaked out, stating that I was here. Amazingly, she found a way to take over my students that day, and I was out of the building in less than five minutes. And honestly, overall, I'm just glad I don't work there anymore. Yeah, your former employers sound absolutely awful. Like, seriously, these people are just lazy. They could have easily taken over your class, but they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to find a replacement. And literally, that is management's job. That is their responsibility to figure that out in your absence. And you know what? Laryngitis and getting sick like that is no joke. And if you were to give that to your kids, that would absolutely spread like the plague. So seriously, good for you for putting these people in their place. They were being ridiculous and making you come in, and they seriously need to do better. Otherwise, more people that are good at their job like you are just gonna quit. Today, I messed up by accidentally buying a $200 bottle of wine without realizing it. And needless to say, now I feel incredibly dumb. Here's what happened. So about a week ago, I received a job offer pending my graduation next semester. I was very excited to receive this, as it's exactly the position I was hoping for post-graduation, and the pay is great. I saw the email with the offer while at my current job and decided on the way home to stop at my trusty local liquor store to buy a bottle of wine to celebrate. I was perusing the shelves for something that looked decent, but I was only willing to spend about $20 to $30 in my special occasion wine budget. My gaze found a wonderful looking bottle of Brunello, but it was about $70. I said to myself, nah, screw it. I only get to celebrate my first big job offer once. I grabbed the bottle off the rack below before I had a chance to second guess myself. I head to the checkout and hand over the bottle and my ID. I should have realized my mess up right then and there. The checkout guy said, this must be some really good wine. But instead, my conceited jerk self thought to myself, maybe he remembers me and knows that I don't buy stuff like this. I then told him I've only tried this wine once before at a nice Italian restaurant, but it's my favorite wine and I'm currently celebrating a job offer. On the drive home, I couldn't stop thinking about how excited I was to try the wine, but ended up deciding that I would save the bottle until graduation just so that I could enjoy it with some friends and a nice meal. Flash forward to tonight and I was scrolling through my charges in my bank account and I saw a charge for almost $200 from the local liquor store dated last week. Immediately in a panic, thinking that I was scammed, I run to where I store the bottle of wine and I look at the label and I see my mess up staring right back at me. The bottle I grabbed was not the bottle on display, but rather a 2016 with the same label. I then get on Google, not wanting to believe that I had messed up, and eventually, I find the same bottle with a similar price online. I almost wish I had drank it already, because now that I know how much it was, I probably won't enjoy it the same once graduation finally rolls around. Wow, that's really crazy. First off, that liquor store was definitely trying to rip you off. They had a display that said $70, and then underneath it wasn't the proper product you were trying to buy. Like, that's really sketchy behavior. They were clearly trying to catch you in something, and it definitely worked. So sure, you weren't as observant of what you were buying, but at the same time, that is really terrible placement of products they're trying to sell. It's also a little bit deceptive, in my opinion. Like, I'm sure there was probably a label on the bottle, but if it's going to be right underneath the bottle that you actually want to buy, then that, in my opinion, is super sketchy. So no, this is not totally on you. They were clearly trying to pull a fast one, and unfortunately, in this particular situation, it did end up working in their favor. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss
this a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.